This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. And welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Emmy Birch, and today we're going to learn everything about your eyes. That's right, we are talking to an optometrist, Dr. Erica Morrow. Dr. Morrow started her own practice in Savannah, Georgia in 2019 called Foresight Boutique Eye Care. What is so interesting about Dr. Morrow is her passion for eye health and how that can impact your overall health. I'm talking like you can literally see into your brain through your eyeballs. How fascinating. We're gonna learn today about why it's important to get your eyes checked, why Dr. Morrow got into eye health, little tips that can help you keep your beautiful eyes beautiful so you can keep illuminating the world. If you want to be a part of further conversations, please jump on over to patreon.com slash the illuminate pod and get to know all the hosts over there. We do monthly book clubs. We have extra little bonus features. It's a lot of fun over there. So give it a jump. If you don't have time for that, give us a quick like and review. That's how more people get to hear these cool stories. And this is a fun story. Dr. Erica Morrow grew up in Denver, Colorado. She didn't really know what she wanted to do when she grew up, but she found a really great job, found out that she loved helping people see more clearly. And now she is changing the lives of so many people and helping us all see more clearly in Savannah, Georgia. I'm really excited to have this conversation and I ask all the questions about eye health. So let me know what you learn and let me know what you think. And I'm so thankful that you're listening today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Erica Morrow. Today on the Illuminate Podcast, we are talking to Dr. Erica Morrow. Hello, Dr. Morrow. Hi, Emily. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. You do take care of my eyes. I need to probably tell everybody that I'm obsessed with you because you're like the best eye doctor ever. But oh. you have to tell the listeners, who is Dr. Erica Morrow? I opened Foresight in 2019, but I'm an eye doctor in Savannah, Georgia. And I had this vision to bring a unique eye care and a unique eyewear office to the location. Um, I moved here from Denver, Colorado for my husband's job at Gulfstream. And um, I just would, I just couldn't find a great place to work. I was like, if I'm coming here and I don't like it, surely patients come here and they don't like it. Um, and so I wanted to bring some of my past experiences when I was practicing in Denver to the Savannah area so that patients could have better eye care and better eyewear option. So the type of shops were different. Explain to me what was different? Because you have this beautiful shop and I will make sure to put pictures up on the social media when your episode goes live because your office is like zen to the max. <laughs> what what are eye, eye places like in Denver? Well, whenever I worked at, um, right out of school, I practiced with a group practice and we had a really high-end optical boutique in downtown Denver. And um, it had a really comfortable feel. It had a very mod feel to it you didn't sit down at chairs, you had a bar and everything was very beautiful and aesthetically just appealed to anyone who walked in. And the eyewear options were just fantastic. And that's really where I grew my liking for um, choosing eyewear that really accents who you are and what you do and 
it's like your jewelry that you wear every day. I love that. And then when I moved here to Savannah, I was like, wow, um, everything was retail and commercial. And I had worked in private practice and group practice before. And in the retail setting, they were like, oh, you need to see six to eight people an hour. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I can't even say hi to six to eight people an hour. I don't know if I'll do good at this. And so it was really more just a refraction center versus uh, giving patients a thorough quantitative exam at the same time, treating them like a person versus a number. And so I was like, surely people will enjoy it. And so I opened Foresight and here we are two years later and we're thriving. So I'm excited. It is so cool to see you won best optometrist. And let's go ahead and just get this out of the way. Optometrist versus ophthalmologist. How am I doing with all this? You're doing okay. (laughs) Can you explain the difference and which one are you? So I'm an optometrist. I always tell people your optometrist is your primary care provider for your eyes. So they can treat and diagnose all eye conditions depending on the setting. So that kind of goes back to where we've confused the world is that optometrists are also very retail oriented with like lens crafters and America's best. So those patients are truly there for the refractive component to help you see better with your glasses and your contacts. But Generally, in in our schooling, we go through everything to treat and diagnose and to be able to manage eye disease as well. So I always tell patients, you go to your primary care physician and then they use specialists to kind of say, oh, now you need this for your kidneys or you need this for your heart. And um, an ophthalmologist does surgery of your eyes. So they do cataract surgery and glaucoma surgery, but they treat and manage eye conditions all the time. Every ophthalmologist I know does not love contacts and does not love glasses. So they're glad that we're here to help them. (laughs) Okay. So I see what you're saying now. So they have different specialties and you specialize in what, what, what got you into eyes? What, what makes that your specialty? So it really is interesting. I actually started working um, for an ophthalmology practice when I was 19, right out of school. I didn't know what to do with my life. I'm one of eight kids and I'm the only one that ever attended college. So I didn't have like a direction and I knew I was going to have to pay for it for myself. So I was like trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life. And so I started working as a receptionist actually at an ophthalmology clinic and quickly realized that, wow, this is really cool. You help people see better every single day. Like that's something really interesting. So I started working as an ophthalmic technician and I got certified um, through the program. It's called Jacopo, which certifies um, ophthalmology ophthalmology, um, personnel. And so I did that. And then about six years in, I just went to my boss and I said, Hey, Dr. Conahan, I'd really love to go off to optometry school. I'm really loving fitting contacts and, um, doing all of this stuff to help people see better. So he paid for my undergrad as long as I worked full time for him. So I did, I went to wow. school online at night and on the weekends. Um, my latest class got out at 11, 10 at night, which is Whoa, crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> it was organic chem lab. It was terrible. <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night. Oh my heavens. Nuts. Yeah. And so, um, I did that all the way through my, I finished my undergrad in four years. And then I went off to optometry school and, um, I really specialize in corneal surface disease. So patients that have keratoconus or, um, other, like if they've had refractive surgery that didn't go as planned. Um, I, so I fit specialty contacts for that reason. Um, but of course I love primary eye care, taking care of patients' eyes like yours, you know, they're it's necessary and, um, you get to find fun things and you get to talk to patients about it. Um, let's talk about some fun things for a second. Cause you gave a lot of words that are awesome. 
One of the things that you do in your practice is you take a picture. You don't do the eye puffer, which I love because I don't really like the eye puffer no thing. Puff you, took, you take a picture of the eye and you can see what are you looking for and what are you really taking a picture of? Yeah. So um, whenever we shine a bright light in your eye, your pupil, the black part of your eye gets really, really small. So we don't get to see a whole lot in without using dilation drops. Well, at my office, I use a technology called the Optimap and the Optimap lets me image the inside of your eyeball, which is called your retina. And your retina actually is all of the neural tissue that is directly connected to your brain. And so we actually get to see your arteries, your veins, and your optic nerve is only is one of the only cranial nerves that you can visualize and test, which is kind of cool. Um, and so when we're looking in, we're looking at all of that. And with that, we can find patients that have diabetes, um, um, sickle cell anemia was one that we recently diagnosed. MS is another thing because it's the only place in your body where you can see arteries and veins. And so stuff that's going on inside will show up in the eyes because it's where your smallest arteries and veins live. So wait, this is very profound here. So what can be just a normal, I need help seeing, or I go get my glasses and contacts updated every year is really like a look into deeper health. How do you know if they have diabetes or MS or something else? So with MS, it actually affects the optic nerves. So it will change the appearance of the optic nerve, which is kind of crazy. Now also in, in many instances, MS will give a blurred vision. And so that will say, oh my gosh, my vision is blurry. But really once you start doing the exam and testing appropriately, you'll find it. Um, diabetes actually, when you have increased sugar in your blood system, it causes your blood vessels to become leak or weak and leaky. And so they'll start to expel either the, the plasma or the red blood cells inside the eye. But since your retina is all neural tissue, it actually can create blindness, which is the leading cause of blindness in America right now is diabetes. Wow. And you can see all that through a routine eye check and a picture of your eye. That's right. So when they say that eyes are the what is it like the eyes, the something to the soul, the window to the that's soul? A, that's right. You can see everything in there. Yeah, you can. It's re it's really fascinating. And I encourage people to get their eyes checked at least every couple of years. Um, if you have perfect vision, that's great for you, but you don't know if there's silent things going on inside the eyes. Like glaucoma is the silent thief of vision. You will never know that you have glaucoma unless it's being tested for um, until it's absolutely too late. It will take your vision, but it starts to take your side vision first and then it moves to the center vision. Um, but recently we've had some pretty tough cases where patients hadn't had examined 10 plus years and they have advanced glaucoma. Well, there's no bringing that back, you know? Wow. So if you're getting these routine checks, even if you have perfect vision, I've never had perfect vision in my whole life, so I can't fathom that idea. But you, you wake perfect up vision, <laughs> so cool. Um, so you, but I've I've had yearly eye exams for so I, for as long as I can remember as a little kid. Yeah, but if you're not getting those, those are an opportunity to preventative measures. In fact, yeah, exactly right. So when you're talking to patients and you're talking about the overall health, are most people surprised like I am, or is this something that's common knowledge? No, I think they're very surprised. And I think, unfortunately, I feel like um, wherever they were going in the past really did a disservice as the doctor, but also to the patient, because it's really important to be explaining and giving patients the knowledge. So it empowers them to go out and stay consistent with their preventative eye care. So if someone is listening right now and they're thinking, hmm, I should probably get my eyes checked. What are some of the first signs or give us some, some tips and some ideas for eye health? 
So um, if your eyes ever feel scratchy or gritty, there's any redness to your eyes, those are, are those typically bring people in, especially if they become intolerable. Um, as much as we use devices anymore, um, it's definitely something that you should get your eyes looked at if you're constantly on the computer because it can create eye strain and fatigue. Um, and then other things like blurred vision, if you're looking at a piece of paper and the words kind of move around, I know that sounds weird, but it happens with a type of muscle imbalance. So if you're reading and things kind of move around, you should definitely get your eyes checked or if things come in and out of focus when you're trying to read. Um, or if you're looking really far away and it doesn't seem crystal clear. Night vision is another thing that brings people in. So they'll say, oh, my vision at night is so bad. Now, light eyes, nearsighted folks, they'll have poor night vision, but- Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've heard that from my family. That but it's gets... important to still get it checked out just to make sure there's nothing like cataracts or glaucoma inside the eye. So what causes, I have two good questions here. What causes bad night vision? So pupil size is huge. So when your pupils dilate up at night, you get a lot of glare and reflection from the the iris being so big. When we have a pinhole effect and our iris or our pupils really, really small, it actually gives you a clearer, crisper image. Think of it just like a camera. And so you're moving your focus in and out and opening that aperture. And that's exactly what happens at night. Our pupils dilate really big, more light comes in. So therefore we get more scatter out. And then light irises, their pupils dilate really big. Typically darker eyes tend to have smaller pupils. Um, and then if you wear corrective eyewear and your pupils really big, well, in contact lenses, your um, power that you need, like in your prescription, for instance, it's only in six millimeters of the contact. So when your pupil dilates to six millimeters, you're getting the edge of where the power stops. Oh, that's okay. So what's the solution for someone who has bad night vision? There's really great yellow filter glasses that I love. It's so funny. People are like, these are, you know, they're not the coolest looking things, but um, <laughs> I love them. They make your night vision so good. It's crazy. Um, I bought my mom a pair. She's a really bad driver anyway, but I was like, anything we could do to make this safer for her. <laughs> yeah, the truth anyway, comes out. She, she sells more yellow glasses for me than I do. Oh She's my like, okay, so my friend needs those glasses. I said, okay. If you're listening right now and you have bad night vision, reach out to Foresight Eye and get yourself some yellow glasses. That's right. That's so awesome. I, I'm going to have to come just look at them. You have some just in the try shop. try them out. That's it's hilarious. crazy. It's nuts what it does to your wow. vision. Okay, so if that's helping with night vision, what do you do for people that are getting cataracts? What causes those type of things? So I always tell people cataracts are like wrinkles. They happen with time and they happen on both sides. They're very, very normal. If you live long enough, you will develop cataracts. And so cataracts is, um, if you think of the eye like a camera, you have your front shield of the camera, then you have your iris, which is like your aperture. And then right behind the iris is the lens. And that lens is literally like a tree. So it has these little concentric rings of cells. And over time they get cloudy and they'll start to get thicker. And then they'll start to change color, like a little bit of like a yellowing to them. And that is a very natural age related type of cataract things you can do to prevent them. You want to have a diet high in antioxidants, um, eating green leafy vegetables, carrots, berries, fish, and eggs are really great. Um, and then protecting yourself from UV. That's really, really important. So I've done some mission trips in Mexico and you'll see people in their thirties with very dense cataracts, but they're out in the sun and they're closer to the equator and the UV has caused that damage. The other thing is diabetes. If you're diabetic, you typically get cataracts 
sooner than the average age. And the average age in the United States for cataract surgery right now is between 68 and 70. Okay. Wow. These are like, you're just rattling off this information, which is fascinating. I find eye health so fascinating, but only since I met you. I just thought it was a yearly thing I had to do in order to see and be able to live life. But ever since I've met you, I'm fascinated by what all we can see with our eyes. Like one of my eyes has a freckle. I know that. I think that's so cool. It is crazy. Yeah. Yours are actually, you actually have two freckles and they're very dark. Yeah. I have freckles in my eyes, which I think is crazy, but I also have been super cautious of wearing sunglasses all the time since now you've told me about how important that is for eye health, making sure it is the window to the soul of health. It's amazing. All right. Let's totally switch gears. This has been fun, but I have lots of questions for you. You just had a huge fundraiser. Yes. It was our third annual. Your third annual. I think I went to the first one. You did. <laughs> it was wonderful. Okay, tell us all about the fundraiser and what what you're raising funds for. Sure. So um, I started the first one as a grand opening, but I wanted to tie my event with a nonprofit that's really important to me. So here in Savannah, we have the Savannah Center for Blind and Low Vision. It's actually the only vision rehab facility in this region, and they serve 29 counties, which is a huge area to cover. And so they provide vision rehab and occupational therapy to patients that are losing their sight or have lost their sight. And the goal there is to help them become more independent and to be able to make a sandwich, to clean the kitchen, turn on the stove, you know, things that we just take for granted. So they um, help people as they're like going through the blind process, going blind, or they're new to being blind? That's right. So okay. if I have a patient that has a progressive disease and their vision is starting to get bad and we know it's going to change and we know that their condition is going to continue. We want to get them there sooner than later. It's unfortunate because a lot of patients don't end up at the center until they're blind and they feel hopeless. And then the good news is that the center gives them hope and shows them that it can be done. But the earlier they start in vision rehab and occupational therapy, the more independent they'll be able to be once they lose their sight. And so I um, volunteer there for, on, as part of the funds development committee. And so I really do enjoy the center and I utilize them for my patients that need them. And so I wanted to tie my event to them. And so this was our third year in a row. And this year we doubled what we did last year, which we doubled the year prior. So we almost raised like $5,000. I think we were like $10 shy of $5,000, which is so cool. That is so cool. And what that money will support the programs that help people yes. prepare to live life. That's right. So when you go to the center, it's a nonprofit organization. So let's say you need a white cane, but you don't have the ability to purchase a white cane. Well, your funds are more limited, right? Because you're not able to work. Um, And so they supply uh, patients that need those products there. So white canes, um, therapy, vision rehab, low vision devices. So there's TVs and handheld devices and such that you can use um, to help you function day to day if you have some vision, which is great. And are locations like this not-for-profit all over the country, like people listening in other regions? Can they find places like this? Uh, In Denver, we actually had two um, centers that supported the low vision and blind community, which I, so when I moved to Savannah, I was like, oh, I'm glad it's right here in Savannah, you know, Mm -hmm. and then in Atlanta, there's another one. But in most, most states, I would imagine that there's um, a center that serves that population of patients. 
And so does this only pertain to people who are going through the process of losing vision or do they also help people that are born with low vision or blindness? Oh, absolutely. So if you have any sort of vision disability, you should you should be establishing a relationship with the Savannah Center for Blind and Low Vision if you're in this region or wherever you live. Um, because the tools and the um, resources that they have available for that population of people is very, very specific. And so they know how to get that patient the help that they need or the resources they need to function. Do they allow outside volunteers and such? They do. And you can actually, at the Savannah Center for Blind and Low Vision, you could call and schedule a tour and they'll give you a tour um, of the facility. They just finished a car, um, a walking path in the back. And it's really neat because it has like curbs so they can teach them, okay, when you approach something like this, this is how you figure out how to get over it or bridges, um, little crate type things when you're walking across, across different terrain, going up or down in elevation. And so wow. they just finished that. So it's really, really cool. And there's some great artwork back there too, um, that the blind children actually helped the artist sculpt, which is pretty cool. That is so cool. I, the only experience I have, we went to Germany a couple of years ago and went to one of those, um, like houses where you go in and everyone is given the goggles where you are completely blind and wow. it is, absolutely the most fascinating event you go through all these you're led through a maze of of things to experience different sights and sounds without vision wow all i remember is afterwards there's a desensitization room because you have forced all your other senses to work so strongly that before you can go outside and back to life you have to desensitize and oh. stay for a desensitization period Wow. But we learned, you know, how do you maneuver up a hill? How do you go over a bridge? How do you use your ears to know you're near water and stay safe? And it's That's fascinating. Cool. Your eyes. Oh my gosh, I so need to do that. Oh yeah. I'll yeah. give you all the details. It's in Hamburg. It's very cool. That's so cool. So we've talked about your awesome collaboration with the nonprofits and how it helps communities with blind and low vision. We've talked about the importance of yearly exams. Is there anything else you want to tell us about eye health and overall health? Um, I encourage patients not to overwear their contact lenses. So you will always see with your contact, it will never lose its strength or power. And for the most part, depending on the brand, it will stay comfortable. But some of the worst infections and intolerances that I see are from contact lens overwear. And so I always tell patients, there's so many places that you can save money. Don't make your eyes the, the, um, the victim of your, <laughs> of your savings. Um, just purchase the contacts, wear them appropriately and let your eyes breathe some. So that's the hardest part. I, I have a really hard time letting my eyes breathe. Yes, I really love contacts, but I do. I have two days a week that I wear my glasses Good. <laughs> and I do love them. And I have my eyes, my, my next pair of glasses. I know which ones I'm getting at your shop. <laughs> I'm eyeballing them. When you, you have a pair that you love, it makes it so much better, more comfortable to wear. And you say too, they're, they're extra jewelry. You wear them every yeah. day. It's an investment. It's so much fun. Okay. We have to do our end of episode questions, but I've okay. really enjoyed learning about eyes. This has been educational and illuminating. All right. Totally not related to eyeballs. What is the best or most recent book that you have read? So I just read Firefly Lane and um, it is a really great book. I, I have these five best friends that I've grown up with and it was just like, it was a tearjerker the whole time, but it was so wonderful. Firefly Lane? Yeah, Firefly okay. Lane. And is it, it's nonfiction or fiction? Yeah, it's, 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 it's nonfiction. Okay. And it's, it's just, just fun. Just fun. Okay, cool. Super fun. And then who or what is illuminating or inspiring you right now? 
So um, I feel like I, I always get excited by entrepreneurs. I just think anyone that's willing to put themselves out there is just so inspiring. But there's just so many here in Savannah that I've just come across. And I just find people that just step out and especially after opening my own business, it is just so inspiring to see anybody who has an entrepreneurial heart, just get out there and do it. And I don't really have a specific person right now that I'm like, wow, but anyone who does that, I'm just so excited. And I do anything I can to follow and make sure that I support if I can. I would flip that right back around to you, my friend, because it has been so inspiring to watch the journey as you talk about how you picked a location and how the, the people and the community that you wanted to serve and how you have embraced where you are so wholeheartedly. It's yeah. fun to go get your eyes checked when you go to your <laughs> That's place. right. So and it's that, fun to come to work. I said, if it, I was going to go to work every day, I didn't want it to be stale and ugly and I wanted it to be comfortable. It is definitely comfortable. So very cool. <laughs> what is an organization that you would like to illuminate? So definitely, as we've talked about with my um, event, I think the Savannah Center for Blind and Low Vision is a local nonprofit here that just struggles to get their name out there because they're so specific to a population. But um, I mean, they're just, as you can imagine with COVID, they're not, they're resources to get the blind people what they need when they need it has just been so much more limited. And so I encourage people to learn more about it and to consider setting up a tour and um, maybe volunteering there or um, donating. Very cool. Yeah. I'll make sure to link that in the episode notes as well. All right. What is the message that you want to send out into the world? Take care of your eyeballs, get them checked. They deserve it. Um, they worked hard. They work hard for you all day, every day. And so they should be the thing that you pamper and, um, baby just a little bit here and there. I always tell people there's three things that you can do to keep your eyes happy and healthy. You want to clean them with a good product. You want to hydrate them just using a good rewetting drop and then you heat them with like a hot compress just to cool them and or um, to heat them up and just let them relax at the end of a long day. I love it. So keep say those three things one more time so we get them. Sure. Cleanse, heat and hydrate your eyes. Cleanse, heat and hydration. Man, this is everything about <laughs> eyes. This was fun. Thanks for answering all my random questions. This was yes. such a cool conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. All right. What did you learn today? Do you feel like your eyes are now illuminated in a way that they weren't before? Make sure you're taking care of those things. We only get one set, so let's make sure we're doing the best we can. It was really fun to talk to Dr. Morrow and ask all these questions that I've always wondered that go on at eye exams. I want to know what you think. So give us some comments. Go follow us on social media. We are going to be having some fun stuff going over on at the Patreon page. But really, what matters the most in all of this is that you feel illuminated and excited after listening to these episodes. It's fun to find these folks and bring their stories to you. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Illuminate Podcast.